Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Thanks for taking this opportunity to listen in, to be part of this community, this podcast. And God's been so good to me and so good to Stephanie. And uh, with me as always is Stephanie. And uh, good morning, Stephanie. How's things going? Good morning, Doug. Things Things are going pretty well. Oh, praise the Lord. Sorry to hear that your grandfather has went over to the other side. And folks, if you think about it, say a prayer for Stephanie, her mom, and and just their whole family. Uh, Stephanie's mom lost her sweet dad uh, just last week. So keep this family in your prayers. Now, today, we're changing some things up, Stephanie. We had this conversation. We we decided, you know, we're a podcast that really reaches out to people with hurt and hearts, people with PTSD, people who help people, people who are messed up, which uh, I think accounts for all 7.8 billion people on earth. I think we could comfortably <laughs> say we only want to, you know, reach those people who are a little messed up or more. And I think that would reach the entire earth. So what we're doing is we're moving segments around a little bit. We want to get in God's word. We're looking forward to coming out of Proverbs and hopping right into a study on narcissism and uh, God only knows uh, the narcissists and what they've done to cause people to have PTSD, to be those traumas and to set off those triggers. And we really want to zero in on that for a little while, maybe spend a half year or something, just talk about narcissism, bring people on. We've, we've heard from several people who've been through stuff and, you know, we're not immune to it, Stephanie. We've, uh, uh, we've felt some uh, narcissism at its best or what I like to call uh malignant narcissism. So we'll be spending a lot of time talking about that in in the months to come. But right now we're finishing up the book of Proverbs and I'm really glad about that. But before we get going on that, we want to mention a particular characteristic of PTSD every time we come on a podcast. So I'm going to start things off and I want to mention a characteristic, a terrible one, something that's against God's word, something that shouldn't be part of any of our hearts is that of being suicidal. People with PTSD can be suicidal. Well, God's word's pretty clear that he, he expects this certain end for us to have. He, it says over in Ecclesiastes seven seventeen. another thing, why shouldest thou go before their time? And uh, so God gives us this free will, but he, I think, Stephanie, he expects us to run with that bad boy and to serve him and to trust him and to make him God. So if you're suicidal, a couple things. First of all, get help immediately. If you have to, dial 911. Uh, get a hold of your pastor. Get a hold of somebody who can open up the Word of God and show you word for word Uh, how you can know for sure that that's not God's plan for your life. Uh, You've been bought with a price, my friends, and there's nothing this side of heaven uh, that can get in the way of you accepting Jesus Christ and of you living his perfect plan. There may be some trials and tribulations, and I think, you know, I think trials is what it's all about. It makes us better. It's it's something we got to deal with. I I hate them. I don't want to be part of them. Count it all joy, James says, but uh, I just want to point out to you right now that, listen, suicide's not the answer. What say yeah. you, Stephanie? Oh, I agree. And understanding that 
Um, suicide may sound like a great solution, but if you think about the pain that suicide would inflict on other people, oh, yeah. um, you know, there's, and Satan's very good at telling us no one cares for you. It won't matter, you know, and, and those lies seem very real at the time. Um, but to understand that God created you for a purpose and that purpose is not for you to end your life. And, yeah. So. And that's so true. You know, when I was reading the other day, the most susceptible people are those who are coming out of relationships, those who, uh, bereavement, those things that kind of you've been through and, and, uh, those coming out of relationships. I think everybody's been through something like that somewhere in their life. Not, not necessarily a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, but certainly, uh, those are the kind of things that can be susceptible. And, uh, so I just want to remind you, listen, God's got you. What the devil does is he takes those of us that are hurt in relationships. Those of us who are hurt by our friends or family, those of us who feel like we have nothing we have to offer. And he wants us to stay at home, laying on our couch. He, he doesn't want us to, uh, reinvent or revive ourselves through God's word. And we don't do it ourselves. God does, but he doesn't want us to be revived by God. And that verse I want, want you to think about this week, we're not going to cover it too much other than to give it to you, is Ecclesiastes 7.17. I, I believe it says, be not much over wicked, neither be thou foolish. We, we've quoted this a million times, Stephanie, out of these conferences. Why shouldest thou die before their time? Now, remember, God knows the before and half times of our habitation. He knows when we're going to start breathing, when we're going to stop breathing. But he gives us this free will, and we see the free will over here in Ecclesiastes 17. And uh, why shouldest thou die before their time? Trust God. Step out with it. You'll be all right. So, Stephanie, we're cruising along here in the book of Proverbs, and I really love what we see. It started right out with this comparison, again, with folly and wisdom or foolishness and wisdom. Uh, continuously, over and over again, it speaks to, um, you know, the right decision, the wrong decision, and the right decision is always a decision of righteousness. It's always a decision of accepting Jesus Christ. It's always a decision of the Holy Spirit of God prompting your hearts. It's, it's always one of those decisions that comes with God is doing the right one. And in this verse, we're hopping right in. We're on chapter 5, and we're hopping right into verse 11 to get started today. It says, Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men. And uh, so we go there and we know, I mean, coming right out of there, we're saying they're before the Lord. Uh, these are two destinies that, you know, they're pictured here. And we know we got, we got, we have a choice. Um, mm. You know, we accept Jesus Christ. Now we know there's two seats. There's two judgments that go on. I think I need to cover that real quick. So we know we have the great white throne of judgment. So we understand the great white throne of judgment is for people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. People will be judged in the people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior before they take their last breath on this earth will be cast into the lake of fire. It's a terrible thing, but it's reality. And it's why we need to accept Except Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. So, so God has the ability, and he's a great God, a righteous God, and a just God. He's not going to accept us turning him down and, and give us a eternity in heaven. No, we're going to be cast into the lake of fire. And then we know there's, a, there's another type of judgment that goes on. It's called the Bema seat, B-E-M-A. And uh, anybody who's ever received an athletic award or anything in school has stood on the Beamer platform. It's a, it's a higher platform where you get your award. So 
actually in biblical terms, it means to get an award. When, when an Olympic uh, medalist stands up on a beamer seat, it's a Greek word, they get up higher uh, to be given their award. And, and so, friends, the beamer place is where we want to be judged. And, and we won't have to worry about hell and destruction, but we will have to worry about reporting to God. So I think if we look at this verse, uh, we got to come out of this right away to to understand that that God controls life and death. God controls heaven and hell. He controls everything we do, every breath we have, and uh, He has a plan and a purpose for us. So there's two destinies: the destiny of that of man, which is hell, or the destiny of God. I mean, how would you add to that, Stephanie? I agree with everything you've said, you've covered it very, very well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things you immediately got to come out and say, listen, you know, you've got a choice to make out there friends. And there's some rejoicing that can happen here. If you're listening to me today and, and you say, well, brother Doug, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. Those are, those are shouting words, man. That's a, that's an eternity with your Lord yeah. and savior, Jesus Christ. That's with those who went on before us and accepted Christ We're we're going to be with Stephanie's grandfather. We're going to be with Stephanie's husband, Charles. You know, what a good thought this morning, Stephanie, that Charles and your granddad may be hanging out together this morning. Oh, yeah, I thought about that. That's a pretty wonderful thought to have this morning. Even though Charles and Grandpa's work's done here on earth, it's just beginning in heaven. I mean, it never ends. It never ends. So what a wonderful place. Let's go to Psalms, I'm sorry, Proverbs uh, chapter 15, number 12. It says, A scorner loveth not the one that reproveth him, neither he go on to the wise. And so that word scorner, a scorner, another word is like, we talked about scoffer before we, you know, knucklehead would be another word for that. <laughs> but it says, you know, a knucklehead, a scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither he go unto the wise. So, uh, you know, if someone has happiness and joy, it should be seen on their face. Um, I'm sorry. You ever look at your notes from 13 and start reading them instead of 12? So, um, <laughs> Because, because the, this foolish person, again, so the scorner being a fool, again, we're talking about foolish people and wise people, uh, hate correction. Uh, they hate the one who brings it. And they may, it may be yeah. us, Stephanie. The truth is it may be us they hate. And, and they certainly reject the wise, those people who are trying to help them. And uh, I mean, what are you thinking here? It, it's, you know, again, it's one side or another. So folks rejoice, take heart. If you're on the right side, you're in the right side, you're in the right place. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the word scorner is a powerful word. Um, every time I see that word, it makes me almost tremble because first of all, I know scorners. I've met them. I've interacted with them. Um, but the idea that when when you have to reprove someone, it, it's not it's not reprove is a very loving word. Yeah. Um. It's it's the idea of I love you. I want to see you do what's right. Um. My goal is to restore you to a relationship with the Lord or or whatever that I. That's the idea of reprove. Um. I think it's a it's a from where I sit, when I, when I hear the word reprove, it's a lesser term than rebuke. Yeah, rebuke I think has so. a very, yeah. has a very much more bold in your face. Look, dude, you're being an idiot. Cut it out. That's the idea I get with a rebuke. Whereas, and that was just a very short, you know, a very short stereotype phrase. When I think of reprove, I get the idea of this is, this is being done with the utmost grace, mercy, and love yeah. being extended. 
and having dealt with scorners yeah. And and let me let me just say they're knuckleheads. Yeah. You can you can be a pastor and be a scorner. You can be a deacon and be a scorner. You can be um a missionary and be a scorner. Yeah. You're not, you know, it doesn't matter your position. I could be a scorner. Anytime that God puts someone in our life who's challenging us to a closer walk with the Lord or to change or to rethink what we believe on something because it's not in line with the word of God. It's not in line with the principles of God. And we, and we turn our back on that because it doesn't fit our scheme. It doesn't fit our endeavors, our um, foundation for whatever we're doing. That puts us in the classification of a scorner. And yeah. I don't ever want to sit in that seat. Okay. So I'm not trying to be judgmental because this is something that, like I said, when I see this word, it terrifies me because God has a lot to say about the scorner and sure. the fool. Yeah, he does. And so be that person who's the opposite of this. Be the person that will go to the wise men. Be the person who has a tender heart towards the Lord, who has the heart of David, who yeah. when you're reproved, you break before God and say, Lord, be merciful to me. Cleanse my heart, because that's what God's looking for. I think so, and 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 I think that's that's really a good way to look at things, folks. Is to understand that if we're not if we're not seeking correction, you know, if we're hating the people who would give us correction, and again, reproof's a good thing to be reproved. Say, hey, brother, yeah. sister, you know, maybe a better way of doing this is like this. You know, that's a good thing. So I, I always want you, I think some of the mistakes we make is we carry this, this attitude with us, I think perhaps, uh, that comes from the world. Oh, this isn't good. You're not, it's making you look bad. This is a terrible thing. Well, you need to, you need to stop that. So uh, I think that Stephanie hit this just right. We want reproof. We want the one that's wise to help us, to reprove us. I think coaching is a good thing. I mean, uh, I think what we do is more coaching than counseling. I think uh, helping people along, helping people see what's right and what's wrong, especially those of us who've been hurt with trauma, you know, traumas and trials and uh, those triggers that set us off and all those different things. And But I love this verse in 13. I actually started reading my notes on it a little while ago. It says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow, uh, the heart of the spirit is broken. Uh, you know, and, and again, what I was saying a minute ago that I'd written in my Bible here, if someone has happiness and joy, it, it, we see it. It gives us a cheerful countenance. Mm-hmm. We see the smile. It, it's like, you know, some people are just walking around and and they're like a billboard for godliness and happiness Ooh. and joy, you know. And some people are just totally, you know, they're sullen by nature. And uh, they're just that person that's always maybe a little bit down, always a little bit depressed. And, and uh, but, but God, you know, uh, God gives us this cheerful countenance when you have a merry heart, when you have him in your heart, when you have Mary. Uh, but, the, but the sorrow of a heart, I'm thinking about this, the sorrow and what it says here of a heart, the spirit is broken. So, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And, and, and we think of that, don't we? Those who have deep sorrow going through something will display that broken spirit. And, and, uh, you know, it's the difference between being happy and sad. And, and sometimes, you know, I want to point out that I think there's a couple kinds of people that, that are sullen and sorrowful. There's some people that are temporarily going through junk. And I think, uh, their continents, the way they're coming through is, is calling out to us, help me. 
and uh, yeah. allowing us to minister to them. And I think we need to do that. And I think if we're that person, if we're looking in the mirror and we look uh, rougher than a night in jail, man, we need to start praying and figure out how we can pull ourselves out of that. Let God revive us, take us to a place where things get better. Uh, and, and maybe it's just a temporary thing, but, but you know, I think we know things, Stephanie, we know people that, you know, would depress a golden retriever. You know, I know people that would send a golden retriever almost to his death. You know, he'd consider committing suicide. And that's not God. So if you're stuck in that, you need to get your heart married. You get your heart married by accepting Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. But it doesn't stop there. People, you know, they go out and they say, well, I got saved. You know, everything's different. No, you got saved. Your eternity's different. And that's everything in a way. But listen, we still got a job to do. God's saving you where you are, but he's not leaving you there. It's time to step out. It's time to hook up. It's time to buckle up. It's it's time to accept God's plan and 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 step out with with those thoughts and and those good things. I I think that's so important. I, I mean, what say you, Stephanie? I know I just rambled on for about three minutes. <laughs> I love the whole golden retriever thing. Yeah, I was just that was putting an image in my mind. Sorry, it just struck me really funny. Um, well, when I read this verse, I think back to um, the fact that our spirits can be broken um, in a way that, you know, sorrow breaks our, our spirits in a very specific way. Yeah. Um, and obviously I'm thinking a lot about death um, this last, yeah. this last few days. And quite honestly, I've gotten hit with flashbacks that I, wasn't expecting, you know, you know, your grandpa's going to die at some point, you know, that's going to happen. Um, but it's brought back really bad flashbacks from when Charles died. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's created that sorrow that does break your spirit. Um, and I think when you've been through something, whether it's in wartime or, um, you know, but you've been involved in a, in a scenario where you've witnessed a very traumatic kind of death, um, and everything that goes along with that, um, just a normal death, a peaceful death, you know, and, and a man that was almost 90 years old that had lived a full life and dies peacefully in his bed. It's like, why does that trigger sorrow from something, you know, from something, you know, it it doesn't seem like it should, but it does. And so the idea of, I guess, from where I sit, when I read this verse today, yeah, is remembering that there are people out there who, if you run into them at the store and they have, they have a look of sorrow on their face. Maybe they, you can tell just by their demeanor that their spirit is broken be the person that is a merry countenance to them. And I don't mean, I don't mean gushy and I don't mean obnoxious and I don't mean throwing joy in their face in a way that's like ridiculous. Okay. Cause I've experienced that too. Yeah. No, crazy. But, but, <laughs> you could be yes. so happy. Yeah. Yes. Want to beat the don't, tar don't out be of them. The, yeah. <laughs> God help me not to do that. God forgive me. In Jesus name. Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, be the person that shows the love and joy of Jesus Christ in your face. Yeah. And you do that by your actions. You do that by your words. But understanding that we do live in a broken world and we live in a world that has a lot of sorrow. Yeah. And so 
to be, it's reminded me going through this has been a good reminder to me. Okay. If I'm still dealing with this, there are people out there. I don't know what their past is. I don't know what their trigger may be. So Lord Jesus, help me to be the one who shows them a merry countenance that, that shares a cheerful countenance because it's you shining through me. And I think that's what a truly cheerful countenance will do, where it's not a made up facade, but true joy when it's radiated from a heart that's, that's walking with Jesus will bring joy yeah. to a heart that's broken. Agreed. I, I, and, and, you know, the big thing, a couple things, I want to go backwards a few minutes into that conversation where so many of us go through this, you know, a, a, a wonderfully long life. Uh, you know, it's never a good time, uh, for us to lose somebody we love, like you loved your grandfather. But I, I think what, what you said, and most of us need to recognize are these crazy old triggers, you know, it's still the reality of loss. It's the loss on earth of somebody. I mean, your, your mother's dad, your granddad, uh, a farmer who you love dearly. And, uh, um, and, and folks, we got to remember that even, uh, the most earthly orchestrated good death, so to speak, is no good. And we got to remember, we got to look out for those triggers. I mean, there's no good way to go short of, you know, me driving down the road in big red and God calling me up like Elijah or something. That'd be pretty cool. Then everybody can say, well, Doug went up in his pickup truck. It's okay. It'd be a good story. You know, my, my boys could write books about my life and stuff like that. It'd be all right. You know, they, but I just want to remind you folks, as we deal with this PTSD thing, we started off and I, and I, and I really want to make this a daily portion here. We started off with the term suicide and the characteristic of suicide. Let me say this to you, dear friends. Uh, just remember that God has a plan for your life. Just remember, uh, that that plan includes serving him, trusting him in good or bad. If we can help you, if you're suicide, get a hold of us. And, and mm. if you're one of those knuckleheads who over, who, who, happy bomb people. All right. Love bombing is narcissism a little bit. And then there's happy bombing, you know, like, oh, why are you crying, Stephanie? <laughs> you know, stop that stuff. <laughs> that freaks me out. And, uh, you know, be cool, be, be upfront with people and everything will be all right. But sh listen, we sure do love you folks. Please listen to every word, uh, that brother Eric's going to say in a minute. So you can know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior. And you get to spend eternity, all of us together. And what a time we're going to have up there. May God bless you. And we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession 
is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.